think we're good. John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. Oppenheimer. Do you remember John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt? Yeah, his name his is name? my name too. Yes. But the only reason I know that is from Barney, the uh, the big purple dinosaur. <laughs> Legend of Legend the game. Legend of the game. On, on for a comeback, actually, would you believe? The Barbie thing has... Uh, yeah. Barney is in the Barbie? So Barney the dinosaur is on for a comeback. There's going to be a serious movie. Because he's Hasbro or what? I, I don't know who owns him. Some some deal has been done behind the scenes. Okay. But it seems to be that in light of the Barbie success, mm. Mattel is like opening their whole back catalogue and they're looking at anything else they can do. Listeners, welcome back to the Lost in Postulation podcast. I'm Nicola Volpi, and I am rejoined by he's hot, he's humid, he flew in scheduled from Singapore Changi Airport due to his private jet breaking down. It's Neil Fitzpatrick. Oh, I wish there was a private jet option. That was, it was a long flight. Now, actually, I got off the flight this morning, just mm-hmm. for the listeners to be aware. It's, it's currently, recording time is uh, 3.35 or so. I got off the plane at 7 this morning, 7.20 or so. The dedication of a champion right there. That is true dedication. And it was uh, 13 hours all in, door-to-door, direct flight from Singapore. Um, So here I am. So I suppose let's use this just as a a disclaimer that my postulations may not be up to their usual high, high level. There's always something with you, isn't there? I'm running on fumes here. I just got a coffee and let's see how it goes. But uh, fingers crossed it's going to be good. Great. And big first day of school vibes here. I can't wait to hear about your, your travels through Southeast Asia. Some some Bill Bryson travelogging here. Absolutely. Going to fill you in. Some highs and lows, put it that way. Good, good. Uh, listeners, welcome back. Uh, as we mentioned, as always, you can reach out to us on all our platforms. By the way, Neil, did you know that we now have an Instagram? I didn't know that. Well, I there just you found go. out two seconds ago. I'm being, co- I'm being told to call it uh, the gram. Yeah, yeah, yeah you got to be on the gram. Yeah. N- not to be confused with the gram cracker. No, or the uh, measurement of weight. Or the measurement of weight, right? From yeah. which kilogram? Yes, indeed. Were you a fan of the graham crackers? Did you have those in Ireland? I think we would have called them water crackers or water biscuits. They're made by a company called Cars. Now, those... That's an atrocious name. Yeah, water biscuits? Yeah. Now, the thing is, though, graham crackers, as you're saying it, I believe that's an Americanism where it's G-R-A-H-A-M. Graham, you yeah, would say. and they call them graham crackers. But... <laughs> Uh, that, if that was written down in Ireland, you would call it a Graham cracker. And I think those do maybe exist, but anyway, we're getting... <laughs> like a, a loyal listener of the podcast, yeah. Graham O'Hara. Exactly, yeah. Graham, he loves that. He definitely loves sure his name is being used. I'm sure yeah. he does. So yeah, we are lost in postulation on Instagram. Find us. We're going to be posting oh. all the content. Did we get the full... Uh... We, we made wow. a post, Neil. Thanks for your engagement while you were on holiday. Jeez, my bad. I will yeah. be sure to follow. I am actually on Instagram, so this is uh, this is this huge. is huge. I yeah. didn't know you were on Instagram. I have a very small, uh, very exclusive Instagram. We're in the very loyal follower. Low double what we call followers. it in the business. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, micro influencer. But um, yeah, there we go. Yeah, so that's the Instagram. As always, email. We've been getting some lost in postulation at gmail.com with all your postulations, anything that you want us to investigate, and we also. For the time being, have a Twitter without a blue tick that's in postulation. All the cool kids don't have a blue tick. That's my understanding. Yeah, I think there's been quite a a rebel rebel Mm. showing there. Yeah, yeah, Nobody really pandering to Elon. Let's see for how much longer 
that thing stays around. Yeah. Well, I read this morning, actually, that Meta, Facebook, mm. wants to launch basically their own Twitter. Yeah. Leave them at it. Yeah. Let their tech bros uh, fight it out amongst themselves. Have fun. They'll Let make a know. movie about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll watch that. Yeah. Neil. <laughs> Southeast Asia. Yes. What's good? What's good in Southeast Asia? So I, for the listeners who uh, haven't been keeping up, I have been away the last two weeks and I was in... Uh, Singapore for about a week and then I went over to Bali for also about a week and then we wrapped it up with a day in, in Singapore at the end and then back to back to Copenhagen so what I thought I would do is just give a rapid fire highs and lows good and bad uh things I love things I didn't from those you've been to both places I heard yes. from the, last week's episode your intro that you're also you have mixed feelings let's say about Bali and positive lit feelings yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so without further ado let's let's jump in and I'll give you my positives right this is like your school report on what you read over the summer exactly, type of thing. Exactly. Yeah. The uh, stand up at the top of the class and read it out. Here we go. So Singapore, let's talk about the positives. Overall, better than expected. I really, really liked Singapore. Mm. So I didn't expect to like it this much. I knew what to I knew kind of what to expect. I knew it was going to be clean, modern, all these things. Mm-hmm. But it was extremely nice. It was very comfortable. It felt very safe. The vibes were quite good actually most mm-hmm. of the time. Uh, highlights for me were museums. There were some absolutely, pr- pretty much the best museums I've ever seen. The National Gallery at the National uh, Museum, both of which were absolutely Huge. amazing. The food was great. Hit mm. up some hawker centers, got some chicken rice, got all the good stuff. Didn't get to try uh, chili crab. It's about $100 ah. a go. So we, we yeah, were kind of like, okay, yeah. it's quite intense. It's like, I, I, I'm always up for trying something, but that feels a little bit like on the exploitative side. More on that when we get to the negatives. Uh, karaoke was great fun. KTV, as they call it over there. So we're big fans okay. of going to a private room and just like singing our heads off basically there rather than, you know, the traditional <laughs> Danish style of karaoke, which is when you sing in front of everyone Performance, else. Right? Yeah. So that was great fun. Love that. And just getting around is fantastic. You tap on and off with your debit card, which mm-hmm. I know exists in other places. Right. But obviously you have the beautifully air-conditioned MRT uh, it's rail gotta be. going around. But Grab as well. So you can, we didn't even have Wi-Fi. We, we didn't have 4G when we were there. We just used Wi-Fi. But you can just, with that and your card on a Grab account, you can get from A to B for nothing. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's in a place that's otherwise very equivalent to Denmark in terms of cost. Taxis are just nothing. Yeah, it's I've, like free. I've never taken taxis as much as in the time it's I lived there. Insane. Like, yeah, I would actually worry for my step count if I lived there because yeah, I, I don't think I would walk anywhere. Because also it's humid as hell and unbelievably. You're hot. bound to sweat through your shirt by the time you get to the restaurant two blocks away. Exactly. Exactly. So, lots to love about Singapore. Those are the main ones. Love it. There were a few things. Uh, and I'll, I'll shout out my my kind of negatives and then I'll, mm-hmm. I'll kind of get your your thoughts on this. So things that weren't as as good. Number one, alcohol prices. Now, mm. I'm not like I wasn't there to get wasted or anything like it, this was a cultural experience. But still, I like a beer at the end of the day with a dinner or whatever. And we're talking 15 Singapore dollars yeah. for a pint is the going rate. That's the starting point. Of Tiger, which is made by yeah. Heineken. Yeah, yeah. And if you go for, for example, a Guinness, you could be looking at 18, 19 dollars. Mm. And th- these dollars are basically one-to-one with euros or, you know, like it's, yeah. it's that kind of ballpark yeah. we're talking, right? So pretty steep on alcohol. Now, yeah. I know the reasons why. I know it's like a vice tax. I know that they're heavily trying to disincentivize it. You also can't drink really yet in public beyond 10 o'clock. So right. it is very heavily regulated. I get that. But it was like, it was pretty steep. And like, you have to really have your wits about you to know what you're ordering because otherwise you would end up with a bill of like a hundred dollars just on alcohol no definitely and i remember when i was there it was so steep that i basically didn't drink for six months and then we got a visit to the tiger brewery oh and i got wasted on my first beer basically yeah yeah, yeah. your tolerance would have been 
not the absolute floor. <laughs> That's the yeah. trick for next time you go. Absolutely. Go visit the brewery. Don't drink and then hit the brewery. <laughs> uh, good to know. Uh, what I've written as number two on the lowlights, oppressive heat, like mm. oppressive. Now, I'm a, I'm a very pale Irish guy. I cannot be more than 10 minutes in direct sunlight anywhere in the world, let alone on the equator. So this was like properly intense. It's intense. It was factor 50 being reapplied and reapplied. Mm-hmm. It was like, I felt like an insect, like darting from one shady area to another almost, mm-hmm. you know? And even if the Google uh, Street View or whatever, or the Google Maps would say it's only 10 minute walk, I'd be like, okay. Let's let's just psych yeah. ourselves up for this, you know. So that was that was hard, and I think that would if I did live there, I think that would really add up over time. That would be like a and steamy. So yeah. even when it's overcast, it's yeah ninety five percent humidity. Yeah. You're getting drenched, and the contrast with the air conditioning because oh, the air conditioning yeah, yeah. is just as intense, just on the other exactly. end of the scale. It's almost a curse because you you come in and you go oh amazing air conditioning, but then it makes it all the worse when you go out again, and you're like oh. Oh my god it's like walking into a sauna when you go i would almost rather just have it at that baseline like yeah. it's 30 degrees all the time i would actually right. rather just have that and just maybe get used to it you know yeah but anyway oppressive heat number three you'll like this one lack of banter <laughs> there's just no banter no anyway. not much yeah so <laughs> i i knew to expect a very straight laced society but like genuinely it seems like fun is like last on their list it's quite buttoned up yeah yeah they're like uh by 12 o'clock all the bars are closed and they're like right you guys need to be getting home to your bed so you can be productive tomorrow right yeah like there there's no getting sloppy there is no getting sloppy and certainly it's heavily frowned upon i know that like you can be heavily fined for for public disorderly conduct yeah yeah and sometimes you're you're driving down and you'll see your your friends doing uh, some cleanup service on the side of the road as a as a punishment for the (laughs) so so overall lack of banter and that 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 comes through in the vibes like generally Mm -hmm. you just never get the same level of fun that you would get anywhere else you know or even just a bit further north in bangkok for example exactly yeah where i've also yeah had a much more fun time where it's maybe too much banter at times yeah yeah, yeah. oh far too much in some places yeah um and then i I also wrote like prices generally so i I mentioned alcohol but actually Mm. overall like like here a bit in Denmark, any experience you do, any service that's service. provided by a person, forget about it. Like you, I, I had to just stop looking at the transactions because it was, it was painful. Like yeah. we would do two hours of karaoke and you're talking like a hundred, $150 just for, you know, it was just like, you're lucky you didn't need a haircut. Oh no, thank God. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have dropped it. I would just be like power through, you know, it is, uh, it is insane for that. Yeah. So that didn't feel phenomenal. And that over time, over a week, you're just like, Again, not looking at the bank account, not just scared to check how much you've even been spending. You know, yeah. I mean, it adds up to two and a half weeks of dinners in Greece, for example. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, when you add it up, like the opportunity cost, and you're like, right, oh, man. Like even in Copenhagen, I could, I could do more yeah. with this. But you, know? you can't do that to yourself. No, I know, I know, I know. And it is a holiday. You're supposed to be there to enjoy it and just not think about it. Yeah. So that's what I did. Um. So and then the last was like what I said was high highs, but also low lows. And what mm. I mean by that is Singapore at its best is mind blown, right? There are yes. there are places and, and and images you'll see where you're just like this is the future this is amazing but it's not actually consistently the case in Singapore and you don't have to go too far off the beaten track before you start seeing pretty rundown bad parts of town also definitely and it like especially around Chinatown where we kind of went through a few alleys there mm-hmm. and stuff it became clear that it's not it's not the paragon of like futuristic modern living. Mm-hmm. It's just really well boarded up. It's just it's just really well kind of covered, right? Mm-hmm, to to mm-hmm. uh, to first glance, it looks incredible, but then when you dig a little bit beneath the surface, it's like ah, th- some people are really living in quite terrible conditions. Yeah, here, you and know? and you have that westernized 
facade financial center filled with the expats everything very wealthy all the western steakhouses etc but then you also notice you know you go down some of these side streets or even a bit further out if you take the metros all the way out Mm. people don't actually speak english there you know you have people what what i noticed often was you had people well into their 80s that were still working Mm. Which is something we definitely don't have here. No. I mean, certainly not in France. Yeah. 20 years retired by that stage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. But, uh, yeah. yeah, so, uh, yeah, so yeah. I feel you. I you feel know what I mean? Yeah, but absolutely. To, to wrap it up, though, very positive. So I yeah. loved it. Could see myself living there, probably, if I had to. And mm. uh, yeah, I, I was very, very glad we went. And that's the thing I've discussed with a lot of people. If you are going to live somewhere in Asia mm. for a few years that's kind of a good middle ground also yeah. because it's so well hubbed you can get to anywhere in not just southeast asia but mm. even further on it's only a six hour flight to tokyo i put yeah. only in air quotes but still for yeah, us yeah. that's not australia is right? like seven hours yeah you can get down yeah. to perth i think even quicker right if yeah. you go over to the west coast of australia exactly so yeah. it's perfect for that where it's just like get yourself set up on that part of the in that part of the world for a few years as you yeah. say and then see it all take it all off like yeah. that would be a great strategy i think if i was to commit to like 30 years of living there okay that might be a huge problem yeah. and i would definitely have to think hard about that but mm, yeah for a few years i could definitely see it i think it's a bit the classic place where and considering this is in the it's modern constellation it's a very young country i mean when i was there they were having their 50th birthday, right? Mm-hmm. They went from fishing village to what they are now yeah. in just 50 years. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, considering that, like many of those types of places, like take your Abu Dhabis, Dubais, whatever. If you go to live there as kind of a Western expat, fortunately or no, unfortunately, you stay very much within your bubble. So oh, yeah. you're not getting that much of, of the local experience, which I don't think is always the, the greatest thing. No, you know. no, I agree with that. You're never going to be integrated like zero. No, I would definitely not. Guess. But uh, food, yeah, awesome. top of the line. Huh? Love that. Yeah, hawker centers. What a contrast though, because like in mm-hmm. a hawker center, you're talking three to six dollars for, exactly. for something. There's no middle ground. Yeah. yeah, and then you can walk like 10 steps down the road and go to a, a restaurant and it's like, that'll be $50, please. Yeah. For, for basically <laughs> the same exact thing. You're like, where is the money going? Yeah. But. And who knew something as conceptually simple as chicken rice, mm. chicken with rice, oh, yeah. could be such a bang for your buck. It is pretty special. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I would. Uh, I had it three times, I think, mm-hmm. chicken rice in various places, and that was one I could just keep doing. That was awesome. Yeah, Singapore. Singapore. I recommend it. You recommend it, Absolutely. it sounds like. Go it, there, has listeners. The, it has the lost impostulation seal of approval, I think Boom. we can say for sure. Which brings me swiftly on, and I'm looking at the time here. Let's do a quick speed run through Bali. Bali. Now, Bali. Indonesia. It, Bali, Indonesia. And I don't want to review Indonesia because I think Bali is like its own thing, right? Like, yeah, yes. I absolutely. certainly can't. I cannot cast any sort of aspirations towards uh, Indonesia Good at point. all here. The so island of Bali. Let's take it from that, right? Now, I believe there's hours of conversation to be had about this because if we wanted to, because it's an unbelievably interesting topic, mm-hmm. what I would call like the, the downfall or the rise and fall, let's say, of Bali as a, as a destination. Sounds like a book title. Yeah, I think there's there's plenty there and we don't have time for that today. So what I'm going to do is just a really quick summary. Give it to me. My summary in one word is uh, below expectations, basically. Mm. So, and I, I came in with low expectations. Like I, I knew it was super touristy. I've, yeah. I've read, I've done all the research, but yeah. I was like, yeah, but I just want to see. And maybe if I avoid the worst places, mm. I can see all the good stuff, you know, and I'm glad I went. That was 
the main thing I was saying to you as well towards the end. And we, we said to each other, like, we're glad we saw it mm-hmm. because until you've seen it, you can't really have so strong an opinion about it because you're only basing it off hearsay and what you see online or whatever. So now I can really say with certainty, do not go to Bali. You yes. Know? Like it's not, uh, and for many reasons, actually, it's not a place anyone should be looking at going for a holiday, I would say. Especially to go out of your way. Yeah to go get that experience exactly Bali. and it's it, the, the point is basically write down the reasons you want to go to bali and i guarantee you'll be able to find way more way better places to go mm-hmm. that will tick those boxes way harder than bali does Definitely. way harder i don't know if that makes sense but uh it'll it'll be like a way better choice so to be very quick though there were some positives from bali mm-hmm. so i loved the any of the cool nature we saw like nice actual rice paddies with a yeah. bit of sunset in the background up in Ubud, that kind of area. Very green island. Super nice. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Surfing, great fun. Love a bit of surfing. So great conditions for it. It's lovely to go surfing outside of Europe where you actually don't need a wetsuit, for example. So like, that's yeah. uh, that's nice. And where they have legit waves there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But also beginner friendly, depending on where you also, go. Well, so that's in, what I went on, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah. So Changu got some nice uh, yeah. intro to surfing there. Um, fun nights out. There were a few fun uh-huh. places. You got to be lucky and find them. But yeah. amidst all the chaos, there are some like decent mm-hmm. places where you'll, you'll meet some cool people. Um, some of the prices are good. So like you can get a bit of a bang for your buck for sure. And the staff were absolutely amazing. So like any of the service staff that we met in our little hotels we stayed mm-hmm. in or anything like that, super, super nice. More mm-hmm. accommodating than probably I've ever encountered. Just absolutely lovely. Particularly in the smaller places, the staff were just above and beyond. But that was... That's where my list ends kind of of, wow. of positives because wow. there were some serious negatives. And the first negative is just overall, ugh, man, like I knew it would be touristy and I knew it would be fake, but this is easily number one on my list of worst touristy places in the world. And I've been to Rome, Venice, these kind of places yeah. where Stop I thought- Stop always hating on I Italy. Know, huh? No, but I know as in like, <laughs> I thought those were bad. Like I, I, yeah. walked away, I came away from Rome being like, whoa, but no, actually no. in hindsight, that was like- Barely scratching it's the, the Canary Islands on steroids. It is. Yeah. And especially now in 2023, I think it's probably just gone to the next level. Yeah. You cannot move, basically. Like, you, you if you go to any of the main areas, Samanyak, Sanur, uh, Ubud, Changu, Kuta, any of those, mm-hmm. you are talking, like, to drive 10 kilometers, it's an hour. You will, be, you will be sitting for an hour in traffic. If you want to walk that distance, you can, but you will be harassed by every single driver along the way every single person it gets with a motorbike. super stressed hey man taxi him hey on taxi you need transport yeah. and there's only so many times you can say no before you just start like trying to ignore it basically yeah. but not only that every restaurant every club that you walk by hey guys you want party hey guys you want dinner it is like it feels like you're going insane actually yeah so hated that but also just in general you feel like you're being scammed constantly every single transaction you do every dinner you pay for mm-hmm. every tax you're mm-hmm. getting you are on the lookout constantly because you know that these guys will pull a fast one if like if they get a chance yeah, they you will. have to be on your toes you've got this crazy exchange rate that you need to always be thinking about and you know, when you're talking about a million indonesian rupiah that's the kind of that's like a hundred danish kroner or something like yeah. that in the or 200 that kind of yeah. ballpark so you need to be like rapidly making that conversion always and just double checking like hold on does that make sense did a I, lot did, of zeros did there. i yeah did i mm-hmm. add a zero or not and they will have no problem throwing like if, if you if they they say yeah it's a million 
that yeah. the bottle of water is a million or something. Yeah. Like they will, they will just yeah. do it. So constant vigilance, always worried about being scammed. Bags of cash. Yeah. Oh, actually, we did the whole trip with no cash. Funny enough. Oh, did it? Because that must be because I was there quite a while ago. They hadn't exactly. really made the transition yet. But so that's good. We we were just like one way to avoid or one factor to avoid getting sick, I suppose, is to avoid handling too much cash because that cash has been like definitely handed around how many times. So we did everything by card. Yeah. Now that did limit, let's say, what we would do mm-hmm. a bit, but. In a way, it just made sure that like anything we were paying for, it was traceable. It was like, you know, all legit, you know, so it just yep. felt a little bit safer. Anyway. Okay. But anyway, I mentioned it, the horrible infrastructure and uh, relative, relative, actually relevant to our last few episodes, Google reviews are a disaster in value. Fake or what? 100% fake. <laughs> so every restaurant, without, without exception, every single restaurant has 4.9 or like 4.8 okay. with 5,000 reviews. There's a cartel. It's like... It's actually hilarious, though, because it's so fake. Like, you can pick a restaurant, and there's been five reviews today, mm-hmm. five stars, from mm-hmm. people going, amazing, 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 amazing. And the only <laughs> way, so everything is 4.9. So then the only way you can get any sort of indication of what's good is if you sort by worst, as we've yeah. been doing on this podcast. Yeah. And then you'd start to see, like, okay, I got food poisoning. I literally, you know, yeah. got robbed here, you know. So you feel like you're flying blind, basically. My number one resource when I travel is is out the window you know yeah so just as you can hear it's just like a fake touristy hellscape at its worst and yeah. at its best it's like a fine place to hang around yeah you know? yeah how i got that, you. how does that ring true for yeah you? it definitely rings i think i was there maybe now eight years ago mm. same t- at the time i was living in singapore so it was a, a short hop over yeah. but same thing you had heard all about it and you said and i said you know let's give it a try anyways exact same mm. now you've told me it's gotten worse yeah Funny thing, you didn't mention like the actual culinary experience there. The thing is, uh, we I don't think we actually accessed it because yeah, between paranoia about getting sick, yeah. about food safety, and then not knowing what's good or bad because of Google reviews, yeah, we just played it unbelievably safe and just went with like kind of more upscale places okay. where we were like, okay, yeah. this one looks fancy and it and it is yeah, and it'll cost a bit more, yeah, but at least we're not going to be like freaking out about you know, ruining the next three what days. What you're putting you know? into your body. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't think we even, yeah, I, that, that was probably, I missed out there on that. Yeah. Suckling pig, I hear is very good, stuff yeah. like that. I, didn't have any of that. But. I mean, Indonesian food in general is very good. Mm. I didn't have much of that when I was in Bali. Basically, yeah. every night was, are you going to have the nasi goreng? Yeah. Or the mei goreng. Exactly. One is with noodles, one is with rice, but oh, yeah. the rest of the dish is the same. But nasi goreng was great. I had a few of those. Yeah. Well, yeah. there you go. There but you that go. was basic. But it is a very, like, there is a lot of variety. I mean, it's the biggest archipelago in the world, yeah. Indonesia, right? It's like a lot of mixes of culture. So it's a For shame sure. that uh, you don't get to touch upon that in, in Bali. I didn't either. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. I think it's it's due a fall, basically. So I think more and more tourists will come away saying what I'm saying now. Mm-hmm. And over time, this will erode, I think, the the appeal of the, of the place uh as a destination and i think tourists now will get smart and go to um lombok lombok or, next yeah, door exactly yeah. i think people are starting to find there's mm-hmm. like slightly better options out there yeah so please i encourage listeners to do exactly that if you're looking at southeast asia do look a little bit further than bali you can yeah. uh, you can do a lot better and if you agree or disagree let us know what you think about uh about singapore if you've had any experiences serving out your your punishment for littering you know or uh if you've had great surfing experiences in bali and uh have decided to move there let us know i'm particularly interested to know anyone who disagrees strongly with either side of this yeah. because like if someone had an amazing time in bali i would love to hear about it because Maybe I just did it wrong, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm very open to being wrong on this one. But I do think it's it's quite hard to have a fun time in Bali right now. 
Well, Neil, thank you as always for your incredibly balanced view here. And uh, we will come back after the break with a listener mailbag. Welcome back, listeners, and a big thank you to all the listeners that wrote into the mailbag. We've pulled out a few on this episode that we're going to cover now and uh, evaluate, postulate on. Absolutely. It's been too long. It's been a while since we had some uh, listener input. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And what we don't get to this time, we're, we're going to definitely uh, include going forward in, in some of the episodes. But Neil, I thought to start us off with something that actually picks up off of one of your postulations uh, <laughs> yes, yes. last spring, where you basically went out on a limb and said that the future of travel are night trains. Yes, 100%. You know, I'm paraphrasing, but I think you were, you're probably, a big so I, fan of the night train. If anything, I probably overacted even more than that. But yeah. like, yeah, I'm a huge fan of the night train. And I still hold that point that I believe by the next like 10, 15 years, we will be getting trains to all major cities in Europe rather than flying. Well, holding that, yeah. Next 10 to 15 years? I think so. I think there's one opening, there's a line that goes from Stockholm to Paris that's opening in the next like 10 years, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Those are night, regular night trains that run like every day. Mm-hmm. That will be an absolute game changer, very sure. If you say so, Neil, because Absolutely. we have a listener that says yeah, yeah. Well, let's, something let's in between, it. maybe. Let's get into it. Yeah. So we had a listener postulation from Zitian Jiang from Guangzhou in China, who on your recommendation, he says, after mm-hmm. listening to one of the episodes of this podcast, thanks to Neil, mm-hmm. I decided to add the overnight sleeper train experience to my itinerary to travel between Copenhagen and Stockholm. Excellent. Now, Zitian also wrote that to do this, he flew from Guangzhou to Copenhagen via Cairo. Ooh, so nice. there you go, via Ooh. Cairo. They lost his luggage on the way back, oh, apparently, damn, you know, okay. all over the place. Sorry but so now you know, if you want to get to Guangzhou from here, it's got to be via. Go via the pyramids, baby. Okay, why yeah. not? Yeah. So he told us he thanks you for that. Good. And then uh, he wrote us basically a, an essay here. I mean, Fantastic. Bruce Chatwin travelogue to Patagonia Let's type of stuff. Um, so I've highlighted some key points. He says he decided to go with the second class bunk bed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause he thought, you know, just sitting in the, in the seat overnight would not be the best experience. Strongly agree. Yes. There you go. And that would defeat kind of the purpose of yeah. the night train. I think then it just becomes a very like, uh, difficult ordeal rather yes. than an enjoyable experience. Yeah. Agree. He said it reminded him of the polar express from the outside or the Hogwarts Express, mm. if you're familiar with those, am, as opposed indeed. to bullet trains. Yes. I am indeed. Yeah. Uh, would, would you agree with that? Well, yeah. And I can imagine if you're at all used to high speed rail in China, th- this probably was a massive right. disappointment, actually. But uh, <laughs> we're doing our best. Okay. We're just uh, a little bit slower with the old high speed rail. But um, yes, so far, I'm, uh, I'm on okay, board. Okay. You're yeah. on board. Yeah. Um, so there are three beds in each room on top of each other, a small sink in the room covered by a lid. Hmm. and a small cabinet mirror for paper cups, etc. Okay. The bed was already made. Well, you'd like to think so. Yeah. Uh, And with a small clean towel provided, so you can wash up before you go to sleep. Okay. He says uh, one of his bunkmates came in. uh, They just said hello, not much socializing. Then they stopped in Lund, kind of the the next stop. Another bunkmate came in. Not much socializing. They're all just kind of 
getting ready for bed. Yeah. Uh, and then Zetian says, and how could I not give the shower a try? As I have never seen a shower on a train. Exactly. Incredible, exactly. right? While the train is moving. This is part of the experience, yes. So I gathered my wash bag and headed to the shower. The shower experience was not exactly a pleasant one. Oh, dear. It's a very British approach to, to wording this I population. think he's being diplomatic here as well, yeah. <laughs> the water pressure was low mm. and the water was cold. No. That's not too funny. Okay, this is already not as good as my experience, but uh, yes, okay. I guess I shouldn't have expected a fine spa experience on a train. I so think... he's taking it on the chin. I still know. think he could have expected warm water, though. That's That sounds like a big miss for the old SJ. For uh, the old SJ, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Soon after returning from the shower to my bed, I found a problem with my bed. Uh-oh. There is a light above my bed that I could not switch off. No button or switch in the entire cabin no could way. control this light. What? I tried to find staff on the train, uh-huh. as you do, yeah. but they were nowhere to be found. Oh, no. Oh, well. An eye mask would do for yeah. the night. I guess it would. Yeah. Resourceful. Yeah. here. So then he talks about how they arrive and says they actually arrived 10 minutes ahead of schedule in yeah. Stockholm. Yeah. So much so that he had to kind of rush to, oh, to get yeah, ready. Wasn't you know? yeah, yeah. And then, post-mortem, thinking back, there was no one checking my ticket or passport at the station mm-hmm. or in the train. Yeah. How did they know I was the right passenger on the train or in the bed? I had the same experience. Actually. Right? Yeah, yeah. What's more peculiar was I received the text message a few days after the journey. SJ, this is the rail company, right? Or the operator of mm-hmm. the train, mm-hmm. apologized for the issue during my journey and refunded me 20% of my ticket yeah. to my credit card. What was the issue? He goes on, there was no delay. In fact, we were ahead of schedule or any other major issue I could think of besides the malfunctioning light. Or the sh- Yeah, that plus the cold water, maybe. Which yeah. he didn't report, though. Okay. I couldn't think of anything else, but once again, there wasn't any staff I had seen on the train to even report the issue. Yes. Had something happened while I was sleeping? It might forever remain a mystery. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. And then he goes, and he concludes with, would I do it again? I would say no from Malmo to Stockholm, because the route was not as interesting as I had expected. Mm. Really just a bet on rails. Especially when the low-cost airlines offer cheap and fast ways to travel between the major cities. A sleeper train between Copenhagen and Stockholm, just not as much of an appealing offer in comparison. Mm. However, I will happily take the sleeper train again in Sweden to go further north. A 17-hour journey to the Arctic Circle? Why not? Well, I can think of many reasons why not, but... So I can enjoy the full amenity on the train, including the cafe, the scenery, and the possible social opportunities mm. with other travelers. Yeah, okay. Fully buy that? that. Love I love the positive note on the end as a as a positive next step. However, I would still hold my point though that there is a way to do it that makes it still better mm. than getting a, a you know Scandinavian or uh, you know Norwegian uh, air one of those right enlighten us so the way is and I don't know if these prices have held but at least when I did it I needed to be in Stockholm working at 8 a.m. right mm-hmm. that was my that was the starting point mm-hmm. and my choice was either to fly at six something or like 6 a.m. from Copenhagen get right. up at the crack of dawn right or earlier than that even and go which I hate or mm-hmm. take the night train and just wake up uh, or like, you know, wake up nice and gently as we roll into Stockholm Central Station oh, and then make that. my way to a working cafe. So I went with that option. Now, I also sprung for a private room, which I think was a ah. game changer because that gave me my own shower, my own toilet, uh, my own room. Mm. So that was 
pretty worth it, I would say. And it wasn't that much. That was a hundred and something euro at right. the time. Okay. Now, I, I think in, you know, in these inflationary times, I don't know if you could get a, a ticket for that today. This was like in 2018 or so. But okay. in any case, what that meant was that I didn't have to spend any money on accommodation in Stockholm mm-hmm. if I had flown the night before. And it meant that I got to wake up and just head at a relaxed pace to a hotel to get breakfast, first of all, which was included in the ticket. And onwards okay. then to uh, my working situation. Wait, so breakfast in a hotel was included, included. in the train ticket? Yeah, and it's a hotel at the central station. So I And walked... how was that breakfast? Continental? Yeah, buffet? buffet? What was but Like classic uh, hotel, you know. Which little... we've discussed on oh, the yeah. podcast. <laughs> we could go on. But so I loved it for that reason. Okay. And just like Zitian said, actually... I was never checked at any point. I literally got on the train at Copenhagen, got into my room and never heard from a soul. Uh, I mean, there was announcements over the speaker and stuff, but I never met a person in, hmm. the, in, the, whole th- in the whole time. Now, the only thing that, that makes me realize maybe it works though is because if I was just some randomer, I surely would have been disturbed by the real person who had the ticket, right? If it's full. Yeah. But like, if, if anyone goes on and, and just picks a room and goes in, probably mm. probably someone is going to come and be like uh, you're in my room you know mm. so i think the fact that i was in the room and door was locked and all i guess any inspector would look at it and be like well that must be neil then you know okay i guess mm. now that's me just postulating here i don't right. really know but so as you can hear i'm still quite positive yeah, you are bullish now i know other people take the four hour uh snap talk the, the, the fast train. The fast train, right. Also probably is, is pretty good, but I like the, the overnight. The uh, slow experience. burn, you know, yeah, yeah. reading by your nightlight, which doesn't so turn off. On so the cozy. Love it. But yeah, but I love the postulation and I love how he remains open to the idea if it was for the northward journey, which I've never done actually. So maybe I'll join him on that trip. Well, I think we will have to record a podcast on the way. Let's hope the audio quality holds up. 17 hours of it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, there you have it. Night Trains, the 10. Thanks for riding in. We look forward to hearing about your, your travels further north uh, once you get there, once Part you decide two. to go there. Part two. Great. Neil, we got a lot of feedback on Google reviews. That's good. People are taken to the segment. They're loving it. They're sending in their own Google reviews. Fantastic. I have one here, which I've decided to highlight. Yeah. Hi, all. Hello from Michael in NYC. I've been listening to your podcast for the last couple of months, and I've been enjoying the riffing. Hey. I like that. The riffing. the riffing's going on. Yeah, exactly. There's a pay-by-the-hour motel two blocks from my house, which is basically a brothel slash hookup place, Mm. exclamation point. And their Google review game is fire. (laughs) This is actually um, an expression which is very much picking up speed to describe things as fire. fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Love Uh, that. As in hot, on fire. We're Gen Z's really at heart. Uh, Oh, we are. Their rating is 3.9 stars, their average rating. Not great. Both the one-star reviews and some of the higher reviews are very funny. Excellent. And the proprietor gives unintentionally amusing (laughs) clapback responses. It's all about the unintentionally amusing. That was the best one. And he goes on to attach one of the excellent exchanges below. Samantha Brown, three years ago. L-M-A-O-O. So obviously, I went there for a reason. LOL. They have short stays, not too expensive. But it looks like there's more bang for your buck if you stay a little longer. Totally check out the vending machines, though. What? Yeah. <laughs> what does she mean here? 
But like read between the lines, no, I really, guess. Yeah. I'm trying, but like she's saying more bang for your buck. And I, okay, she's referencing something, mm. you know, right? Innuendo. She, LMAO. She went there for a reason. Okay, I get, I get all that, right? But yeah. what does she actually mean? It's like if you stay longer, there's more bang for your buck. What does she actually hmm. mean? Okay, right, maybe it's maybe we want to keep this family friendly. We but might like, need to send Michael in. I'm really racking my brains, being like, what does she? Because she's trying to make a pun or like a joke or some kind, right? Right. But I don't know what she means. Uh, <laughs> we'll figure it out. I'm sure. Maybe Michael can enlighten us. But so because she says the short stays are not too expensive. Oh, uh, okay. So she's kind of just making a kind of a funny like like she's she's there's nothing more to it than just like. It's a, a pun on bang for your book. Right, I think yeah. so. And she says, oh, yeah, yeah, totally yeah. check out the vending machines, though. Interesting. So I'm sure there's, you know, some oh, man. This uh, is the, materials. Is, uh, is this a one or a five? Star? Was this like a good or a bad review? This is a three out of five. Yeah, I think this is actually like a secret five in a way. Because mm. it's like a three, but it's like, actually, it's it makes you really want to go and check right. it out, you know? Yeah. And it garnered a response from the owner. Oh, fantastic. Samantha, I hope you saw value in the bang you received. <laughs> We lo- <laughs> we look forward to seeing you again real soon. Oh no! no. <laughs> now it gets creepy. Did that did that response have a name at the end of it? By the way, that's always interesting. The, like, from the proprietor. Yeah. Uh, no, just yeah. from the owner. See, I think there's always like the balance between whether it's Jeff or whether it's just right. The, the Jeff business. the barber yeah, from exactly. Lower Manhattan. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I always enjoy when it's like a guy because if if say it's Jeff, then you can go through all the reviews and be like, it's Jeff all the way down. <laughs> Jeff's you know? killing. He's him. just firing them off. But no, okay. That is great. Like, uh, I like a, I like any establishment that leans into the humor, right. you know? And, and a fairly uh, positive review for once. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's a three. I mean, Because most times yeah. with a three, the response is like, sorry to hear it wasn't a good experience. We do everything right. we can to make yeah. sure blah, blah, blah. You know? So this was a bit more, uh, bit more lighthearted. They're owning it. Yeah. And the, the mystery remains, Michael, if, if you want to, you know, investigate further about more bang for the buck if you stay a little longer. Is there, we're yeah, doing if, the maths here. We're some, crunching the numbers. Is there some subtext there? I'd love to know. Yeah. But uh, as ever, if I was in New York, I would love to swing by and just stick my head in the door and just see what the story is like. What are yeah. the vibes like? But alas. So uh, in the email, Michael didn't actually tell us the name of the place. Oh. So I wanted to find more reviews for it. And I went into Google Maps and I started looking for pay by the hour motels <laughs> in the Bronx. Needle in a haystack. Um, this is... Uh, there's a lot. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then I started looking for ones with a 3.9 average reviews. There's a lot of those. Bro. There's a lot of those uh-huh, as well. Uh-huh. I'm not sure I found the one he was talking about, but okay. I found the River Road Motor Inn in the Motor Bronx. Motor Inn, okay. Motor Inn, yeah, in the Bronx, okay. Um, which advertises, there's pictures with a big banner about cleanest rooms in New York outside. Wow. Uh, and he puts it in quotes, so yeah. maybe that was from a review in, said it, yeah. in the New York Times exactly, or something. Exactly. Um, 4225 Webster Avenue, Bronx, New York. Okay. And you can find them bronxshortstays.com. Huh. Now, there were some reviews here. Here is a one-star review from a local guide with 73 reviews. Cornejo Corazon de Acero Cornejo. Okay. Um, customer service is the worst guy on the phone is unprofessional and rude this people need more training i was looking to book a deal for a week but this guy on the phone needs to be fired Whoa! really bad customer service he told me come over and book in person i'm not going to come over from another state just to book the room dude i hope you get fired and then he What's the date, even though it's automatic, but he writes it in 29th of April, 2021, 7, 11 p.m. Oh. Seven have found this helpful. 
And then there is a reply from the owner. River Road Motor Inn owner. It's customer. Yeah. Uh, couldn't resist. <laughs> and that's it. Oh, man. I like the I like the brevity, though. Just, yeah. like, not even going to bother responding to all the actual <laughs> critique, but just, like, grammar police, and then I'm out, you know? Why is Cornejo... Surely, he's in another state. He yeah. might be in Jersey. He might be in somewhere in Pennsylvania. It's the tri-state region. Uh -huh. Why can't he find a pay-by-the-hour motel, even if it's a bit more expensive in Jersey or close to Philly, yeah. and save on the gas to get My there? My thinking here was... First and foremost, that he was a foreigner and that he wasn't actually aware of the, what type of establishment he was dealing with here. And he was literally trying to book a stay in the Bronx, thinking that he, you know, it would be oh, his base. Oh, hotel, okay. For, yeah. Maybe, I'm just thinking, right? Mm. Because this kind of thing, I, I believe this kind of establishment is not like universal. Like mm. not every country has pay by the hour motels, right. you know? I don't think Ireland does anyway. But uh, the Bronx has a lot. The Bronx certainly has a lot. Hasn't been um, in Japan and, uh, and even Singapore, yeah. funny enough. Uh, I actually now this this is gonna did sound you, bad. Did you get more bang for the buck for I, a longer stay? Actually, just just to bring us briefly back to Singapore, um, we landed at six a.m. in Singapore yeah. and wanted an early check-in because we were absolutely dead getting right. on the plane, and it was no dice with uh, with our hotel. No, so we wandered around and we found a very uh oh, no. lower standard place, and we asked them, "Can we just use seriously? We just need to sleep for a few hours." And they're like, okay. "Yeah, fine, yeah." All and right. we did and it worked out great oh so, that's wonderful this is a story where there's no one star review at the end but all I'm saying is yes these places do exist in many parts of the world but not necessarily all and that is why I think this this gentleman might have been misled Cornejo is confused exactly because okay. as you say otherwise what is he up to like what what's what's his end game yeah exactly well what did they call them in the Sopranos Guma yeah you know taking this Guma yeah taking yeah. this Guma out to dinner you know in the Bronx and exactly Coming back to the city. Exactly. No, anyway, so that's one, right? Yeah. Same place, Michael Ogilvy. Let's restart with you. Okay. A few three stars today. I needed a place to stay on different occasions while working in that particular uh, area, okay. which was located right by the Metro North, so I could commute back upstate easily. Mm, okay. And I was an excellent guest, much more than a three-star guest at your three-star hotel. So if I were you... I'd take the rating as a compliment, especially since your hotel is mainly used for short-term sexual exploits. Whoa! Is that in caps? That dot, all... dot, dot. Oh no, but it's God. you can feel the emotion. You feel the emotion. Michael, what's this guy's name? Michael. Michael Ogilvy. Ogilvy. Yeah. Love that. Now, all that being said, the staff and hotel itself is not bad at all. And I would use it again, if need be, and even recommend it. But isn't it... Well, he, he's like, it felt like he was about to say what was wrong and he never did. Um, no, I mean, he, um, again, someone commuting to the pay-by-the-hour hotel um, from upstate New York, in this case. Is he, uh, do you think by the text of his review, is he trying to imply he wasn't using it for like any, you know, untoward acts? Is he, do you think he's trying to get it across that he's using it for like real business purposes? He might be, but yeah. also what I find interesting, what makes me curious here is out of nowhere... After explaining the logistics of why he chooses the hotel, he mm. goes on to say, I was an excellent guest, much more than a three-star guest at your three-star hotel. Yeah. And then it escalates. And it's like, did no someone one, call him a three-star guest? What, I, what I'm yeah. saying is like, no one's questioning your, how good you were as a guest, like Michael. It's uh, it's all good. Like, you know, you, you were a great guest, let's assume. Michael. But, there, uh, there's a reply from the oh, owner. Geez. Yeah. Okay. River Road Motor Inn owner. Average review. 
you were a three-star guest. Oh, no. <laughs> that, see, it, this is a great reply because he knows exactly how to get under Michael's skin. Pushing the button. You were a three-star guest. Oh, wow. I mean, I wouldn't like to be called a three-star guest. It's painful. Right? But it's just so funny because he specifically said he wasn't. <laughs> so I just love that. Like, the guy is like, you know, never, there's this phrase, like, never debate with an idiot because he'll bring you down to his level and then beat you with experience. Yeah. You know? And this is exactly what's happened here. Yeah. He's gone low and then the, the establishment has gone low too. And it's like, hey, don't mess with okay. me on this. I've got you. He knows what business he's in. He yeah. doesn't need this guy commuting from upstate. You were a three-star guest. Unbelievable. Was that the full text of the reply? That was it. Oh, so beautiful. He's a, he's a man of few words. Um, but then Anna Crawford writes in. Yeah. This is the last one with a one-star review. Yeah. Rooms are clean. I give them that much credit. Nonetheless, the downside is at the end of your stay. The person at the front desk continuously harasses you via telephone 30 to 45 minutes before it's time for you to mm, check out. Annoying. One doesn't even have sufficient amount of time to get themselves together properly. It's so annoying. That is a little bit annoying, I will grant you. And I actually agree with her on that, that the phone shouldn't ring until like, whatever, 11.01, you know? Yeah, like the, it's go time. That is a bit annoying. And probably it's just because they have a late checkout, early check-in, somebody's <laughs> scheduled, you know, they've messed it up and they're like, we really need you out of there yeah. by like 11 on the dot. It could be. I, I mean, I actually sympathize with the reviewer on this one. Yeah. But it's, one star for that? Yeah, because yeah. think about it. It's a short-term thing, right? So right. they're only in there for a few hours and the final 30 minutes, which could be the best part in theory, is being like, hey, so you guys, are, uh, part, yeah. you guys are going to wrap it up now, right? Like yeah. that's, that's, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of, yeah. kind of kills the vibe. Of a, yeah. The already, the, the otherwise immaculate vibe is being ruined by, uh, by the phone ring. Okay. Yeah. I, I think you and Anna are onto something. There yeah. was the lengthiest reply yet. Oh, River Road Motor Inn owner. Hi, Anna. Yes. The rooms are clean, comfortable, and well-decorated. Unfortunately, in your case, that makes them difficult to leave. <laughs> we give a courtesy call 10 minutes before your stay is up. Mm. If you want to stay longer, just come to the office and pay for the additional time. My advice is that the next time you stay with us, you should get a three or four hour stay instead of the two hour stay. We hope to see you again real soon. Ooh. Yeah, tricky. Now, now it's a yeah. war of words because if it was only a one call 10 minutes before, okay, it's not the worst. But if it, she described it as like multiple calls, 40 minutes, 30 minutes, you know. So which is it? Somebody's he, lying. He said, she said here. Yeah. This is a bit the classic one-star review scenario when yeah. we get a reply. You know, we've had it with barbers before. We've had it with the locksmiths. Exactly. Uh, I think this is where we need to create some kind of court of appeals, you know, scenario where yeah. we actually get both people. Bring them on. On the, on the show yeah. to, to actually uh, to fight their side. Yeah. There are two sides to every story. Absolutely. But we will make sure there's one judgment exactly. to each story. I would love that, actually. Imagine if we could get people on and then have them agree that they will change their review if this court finds them uh, guilty of lying. Would be the most fulfilling thing I've done in my life. Would be finally having an impact on the world. Absolutely. Jeez. So that was our mailbag for today. Love it. Yes. Keep it going. Please do, listeners. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back with a parting shot recommendations for you guys. Listeners, welcome back to the final quick segment of the show where we're checking back in with a topic that is our home turf. It's our, it's part of our heritage and our history as a podcast. It is pop culture and it is watches, 
TV and film, right? Yes. It's been a while. We, we haven't really been deep in pop culture for a while now, so we thought, why not just tag back in, get back talking about some movies and TV, and in particular, talk about some things we've liked recently that we think uh, listeners will also enjoy. Absolutely. So I think we'll, we'll kick off on your side, Nicola. So do you have a, a watch to recommend? I do have a watch to recommend. Neil, do it. Do it now. Oh, this rings a bell, but actually... I'll be back. Ah, Terminator. No? Well, kind of. I did also rewatch Terminator this weekend, okay. but why did I rewatch Terminator? Some, oh, the Arnie... Uh, I watched yeah. the Arnie doc. Three-part... Wow, Netflix, three, right? three acts. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Netflix. Yes, yeah. it's the capstone to Arnie, basically. Like him or not, mm. first part called the athlete, oh. second part called the actor, and third part the American. So, obviously, mosaic career. You follow it along. The most interesting one for me was the first part mm. because you and I came up in a world where Arnie was. Box office, and then a governor of California. Yeah, suddenly, right? Right. right? To, to to me, to the outsider, it was just like, oh, okay, right. Yeah. yeah. We missed. We weren't alive, basically, when he was the Pele, the Messi, the Michael Jordan of bodybuilding. Yeah. Like that's the level he was on. Yeah. Untouchable. Yeah. Untouchable. Mm-hmm. And the whole journey of how he got there from his childhood in Austria, where his dad was basically a defeated Nazi mm. who used to beat him. And his brother. And he sat in his head at one point. I got to get out of here. Had the pictures of all the big bodybuilders on his wall. Just started doing the work and then said, okay, next step. I got to get to America because that's where I can actually, you know, excel at the sport. Mm. And then you kind of, you follow the journey with this guy through highs and lows. So he's in it. But they don't sugarcoat anything. So they talk about also all the scandals, you know, with the the son that he hadn't talked about later on, whatever. Mm. But basically this journey where then all of a sudden he's like, because he's in Calif- California, I want to go into acting. Mm. They start dubbing him in the beginning because yeah, they're like, oh, your accent's not good enough. They do all of this stuff. Everyone's against them. And then he ends up making, being part of some of the biggest blockbusters ever, right? Absolutely. And then he says, because he, he talks in the whole thing. I don't want to say, use the word inspirational too mm-hmm, much, mm-hmm. but it's one of the few documentaries where I was watching and I was like, Wow, this guy's life mm. is quite impressive. And a Sorry. lot of that is his vision. At one point, he starts doing like some community outreach things while he's an actor in the 90s. And then he says, I could be the governor of California. Mobilizes, makes this thing happen. Mm. And actually, funny enough, you know, that third act is about how basically his, he wasn't partisan. He was Arnold. Mm. And that's what kind of made it work. And he was one of the least polarizing governors of California. Mm. So... Quite a quite a cool, I would recommend it. I didn't think I would recommend it. A friend yeah. recommended it to me. I went into it saying, okay, it's going to be the classic puff piece, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's uh, there's also some raw emotion from from him himself, uh, especially when diving into the, the last act. And uh, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll add it to my list. And it's called Arnold. So look Can't it up. Miss it, yeah. One of the few Netflix originals that I've actually enjoyed in the past maybe three, four years. Yeah, because that's saying something. Yeah. The quality has slipped. Yeah. Oh, but that's brilliant. Yeah. There Glad you go. Here. Yes. So I will check it out. That's Arnold. What do you got? Well, I was on, uh, as listeners will know, I was on some long flights recently. So mm-hmm. I had a chance to watch a lot of things actually. Uh, so the the films I watched were things like The Whale, Avatar, Way of Water I watched. Uh, the Whale, Brendan Fraser. Uh, yeah, no. The Whale. So that, I saw uh, The Menu and I saw Schindler's List. I saw, I saw like a real... You saw Schindler's List I on did, the plane? The first time. First time. I've never seen it. Yes. Oh. It was 
Incredible. So that was my watch. That's that, an intense the, experience. The first watch I want to give is, I know there's some people <laughs> out there who love films and haven't seen Schindler's List like me because it's long as hell. And whenever it's sitting on the streaming services and you're like, oh, do I really want to spend nah. three and a half hours on this? It is so good. Beautiful oh film. God. And it, it, it's just like, you know, it's one of those films that you, you go in with high expectations mm-hmm. and it even somehow it's like better, you know? Um, Liam Neeson is absolutely best. Like just uh, Ben Kingsley doing it, putting in the work as well. Ray Fiennes, Rafe absolutely killing it. We have, and it was a Ray Fiennes uh, series of movies for me because the menu was also him. He's okay, the he's yeah. the villain in that. So I was watching Rafe in, in all sorts of stuff. But uh, it was amazing. It was just uh, phenomenal. So I, I just wanted to land that point that I wish someone had told me this, which is like, don't mess around, go watch it. You know, no. I know it's. Well, long. I tried. Yeah. Wait, wait have you? Have you watched? Of course, it? I've seen Schindler's List. Yeah, Come yeah, on. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. I thought you were about to say you tried and you. you had no, to turn no, it off. no, no, no. I tried to tell you to watch. Oh yeah, yeah. No, you probably did. That's yeah. true. But uh, no, finally that's done. Big tick in the box. Absolutely loved it. So if there's anybody left out there, please do watch it. And then the other watch I was going to give, but oh, directed by your buddy, who you owe a massive apology to now. I do, Steven Spielberg. So I was forming a bit of a hot take on Steven after watching The Fablemans. I was thinking, hold on a sec. Has he actually ever? put in like a proper banger like a, a real and like something that is like untouchably amazing and i was actually kind of i was i was forming an opinion i was thinking even like et you know like i was looking i was finding chinks in the armor let's say and he does have a few absolute flops as well but all is forgiven for schindler's list that Thank is you. an absolute untouchable stone cold classic and no matter what he ever does he can make 10 fablemans and i will still call him goat tier director for that it is that good Powerful film. Wow. Yeah, just loved it. Um, the other, the only other watch I was going to throw at was The Menu, actually. So okay. The Menu, directed by our friend, Mark Mylod, who Mark directed Mylod. many oh, yeah. of the Succession episodes. Yes. So he was like helming this piece. And it, it kind of, even though it got nominated for a bit of Oscars and, you know, it got a bit of buzz, mm. it did kind of fly under the radar, even in, in, the, in the broader Best Picture discussions. Like... It uh, it just didn't really get the attention I think it deserved. This was from last year. Yeah. yeah okay. It was in it was in the Oscars this year. So. Oh. Uh, it didn't win anything. It was like it, it totally flopped basically. Right. But uh, we have Anya Taylor Joy, Nicholas Holt doing a pretty mm-hmm. great job as the as the lead couple. But Ray Fiennes just putting in a great work as uh, a great shift as the chef. Yes, chef. Right. Uh, and it's just like it's it's kind of like compelling. Can't look away. Horror slash dark comedy which is very mark mylod as well mm-hmm. and having watched succession you can kind of see shades of it in his direction for this okay, as well. that's always interesting yeah, yeah so from even just from that point of view you can kind mm-hmm. of see what's going on so i think that film unfortunately just fell a little bit to the wayside given that it was such a heavy year for absolute bangers like banshees and you know everything yeah. ever all at once and tar and all these others the fablemans yeah so <laughs> so uh i actually do think if if people get a chance to watch it i don't know where you can find it really on streaming but mm. it is uh, actually a little bit better than i expected not okay. perfect by any means but okay. worth a watch the menu exactly all right and then if i can just just tack on a slight negative you've got to don't bother with the whale Jeez, i was yeah i was okay because i saw the whale in, in yeah. theaters i think yeah. uh, during oscar season yeah. Yeah, but you liked it uh, quite a bit, right? Or... Yeah, but I didn't think, uh, you know, I I thought there was a lot of overacting from, yeah. from our guy, Brendan, and yeah, yeah I, I liked the ambition, the concept, how they tried to tackle it, basically mm-hmm. being in this room the whole time, you know, I, I can yeah. appreciate that from an artistic perspective, but is it a movie, and this is always no. yeah. what, what we say, that I'm going to go back and rewatch eagerly on the streaming? No. 
I thought you were going to say, is it a movie? And I would say no, because it's <laughs> it's it's actually an adapted uh, stage play. It's a theater production. Right. That's the whole and, in a room. Yeah, exactly. And halfway through, I was like, is this just an adapted play? And I only realized as I was watching it, right. I was like, oh, they're never going to leave this like this area. And uh, sometimes when plays are written, it's like for a very good reason, because it'll work really well. That they're placed. Yeah, yeah. because if they can put one location on the stage and you can sit there as an audience member and be fully immersed in it. With movies, you don't have to do that. So you you don't have that constraint. <laughs> you can tell a bigger, more ambitious story. And I'm not saying that's a problem in and of itself, but in this case, the thing doesn't justify that the, the area, the room that he's in is not like, it doesn't justify staying there for so long. There's like sides mm. to the story that I would like to, to have seen more of. But anyway, I just thought, as I agree with you, basically, it was not actually phenomenally written. Was, there's some really, really dodgy lines in there. Acting was subpar from everybody. And Brendan was like, Good, committed, but not like... You didn't feel anything? Very, very little. Oh, only feel? towards the very end, and I was like, it just started to somewhat get me. But this links me to another thing, which is uh, on planes, your reaction to films is different than, yeah, uh, than in real life. You're always a bit more uh, vulnerable on planes. Yeah. That's my theory. But At um, altitude. Something about it, I don't know. But anyway, my point is, if you haven't seen The Whale and you're thinking about it, nah, skip it. Watch the menu. Watch... Uh, Watch uh, After Sun. After Sun. I was that. just about to say, if we bring it all back, can oh, we all agree that yes. the best film of the last year running has been After Sun? I think so. Closely followed by The Quiet Girl on Colleen Kuhn. Which I still haven't seen. That is a banger. Okay. Yeah. Also, and a nice 90-minute clips along. Great film. In the Irish language, don't call it Gaelic. First ever Irish language film, actually, as well. Full really? Length, full-length feature film in Irish, yes. Oh, really? Yeah. Because wow. there's been there's loads of Irish media, TV shows, right, right. Uh, short films, stuff yeah. like that. Never uh, a full length feature. Wow, that's huge. The so Quiet Girl. Yeah. Okay. Amazing, amazing. You're just. We said two recommendations. Oh, no. sorry, 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 sorry. Now, I've just been watching so much. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I have one final one. Yes. And I'm late to the party on this one because this series, HBO series, mm-hmm. so already there you have it. Our Swing Zone. Mm-hmm. It ended. Its series finale was actually on the same night of Succession series finale. Oh. Also four seasons from 2018 to now. Barry. Oh, yeah. Written, directed, acted, starring Bill Hader. Yes. Great comedian, great comedic writer. Uh But the show, it's like this cocktail which finds... We're not done yet. I think we're about 65% of the way through. So we're at the beginning of season three out of four. Uh Uh, But we've done that all within a week. Short, punchy episodes, 30 minutes. Yeah, Yeah, Okay. okay. Nice, nice. This cocktail of comedy, PTSD, the anti-hero who, when he's the hitman, you're like, oh, he's doing horrible things. Mm-hmm. But then he's back on the stage dreaming of becoming an actor. And you're like, wow, I really, you're really cheering for him. All these conflicted feelings and emotions. Right. But also, I get three to four solid belly laughs in every episode. It's Bill Hader. Yeah. It's Bill Hader. That's but it. also, is Bill Hader getting deep? And now I feel mm-hmm. it in season three getting dark like getting so sopranos last two seasons yeah dark it has it has stopped surprising me when a comedian turns out to be a great actor mm-hmm. it seems like the two just go hand in hand you know like you you almost can't be a good comedian without being a good actor right. and i feel like you can't be a good actor without also having a funny bone or you know a sense right. of timing right so, right so it's no surprise that he's such a good actor but it is still amazing to see that someone can build a career as a comedian and then transition to right serious acting and do and a great it, job and it's one of these kind of like um you know, come to Jesus moments like the Mike White with the White Lotus, yeah, where all yeah. of a sudden everything clicks into Finally. place. Yeah. This is Bill Hader's White Lotus. Exactly. We'll be super interested to see what he does from here, though, because yeah. right now this is his thing, right? Yeah. 
can audiences accept him in another role? Can he play another character? That'll be an interesting one to see. Like we always said about Gandolfini, and unfortunately so. we weren't we'll able to know. really find out. That is true. We did see him in, in the loop, but not much else. Yeah, no. sadly. But amazing stuff. So another recommendation to cap off the episode. And there we go. There we go. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. And we will hear from you next week. And you will hear from us.